follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? I'm doing good, Shad. I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear it, and I'm glad everybody is listening with us. We're going to take care of our shout-outs right here real quick at the beginning. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand, collarandelbowbrand.com. Use the promo code Four Corners Podcast. That's number four, capital C and Corners, capital P and Podcast. Save 10% off your order. Uh, the shout-out, the folks I used to wrestle in front of in East Kentucky could use your help. Uh, if you feel inclined to donate to them, then I'm going to say go through the Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P dot O-R-G, and uh, give those folks a hand. They could really use it. Uh, our other shout-out goes over to Matt. Uh, that'd be to Orlando Cologne. Uh, you know, the upcoming Backlash 2023 pay-per-view is occurring in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So I would love to see Orlando actually pop up, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's back on WWE <laughs> soil. <laughs> I don't care. I'm not really a fan of WWE these days, but I would love to see yeah. him appear somewhere. Yeah. I didn't even realize until yesterday the backlash was this week. Cause Matt said, I'm like, holy crap, that's this week. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know either until like I saw someone tweet uh, a hilarious note that uh, that Cody is uh, facing Brock Lesnar and he's not even in the main event. So I how, thought that was really funny. In fairness, like that, the main event appears to be Damian Priest versus Bad Bunny. And yeah. I will say this. Bad Bunny is a bigger star internationally than anyone in the WWE right now. Like mm-hmm. I just that well, I was like. I was like, nothing has happened for like a month. Because I was like, oh, wow. Maybe it's been like a month ago and nothing's happened. Yeah. 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 Um, so. Like, he's got he's to have more adversity, Brad. Yeah. If he loses. That's what he needs. I, he needs I, more I, adversity. I, he, can't, he can't finish the story as it is. He's got to have more adversity. You know, I think he should go all the way to Mania 40, face Roman again for the championship, and then lose again. Lose I, again, yeah. Because yeah. he needs more adversity. I hope, yes. I hope for the sake of anyone that like legitimately likes the WWE and are not pricks that he doesn't lose on Sunday because like if they do that like they are just fucking stupid. There are people who claim that that oh yeah Roman's Roman's gonna lose in SummerSlam to to, to Cody. It's like uh, is he is he yeah is he? <laughs> like, I mean is he is, is he? he? Yeah. Really? No, that guy, that guy, that one guy took some real heat 
But I don't think he would. I think he might have been onto something about how they want to like reset the modern record or something, which I don't understand. But like he was onto their stupid ass logic. So I, I kind of feel like they're going to. What's going to happen is they're going to try and like go for that rock match next um, year, and then he's mm-hmm. going to be so close to the Hogan record, we're going to get stuck with him for even like longer. Because they're going to keep I, extending it out and they're going to keep like picking away at the Hogan run. Mm-hmm. So then they're just going to go for it. And then people are going to be like, oh, look, it's it's longer than the Hogan run. It's like, yeah, and I can tell you like 50 things that happened during the Hogan run that and I can't tell you thing one that happened during like Roman's run. So it's not the same. There is someone on Twitter. Uh, was it? Was it Twitter handle Jack Cassidy? I don't know, but someone was like, he got some whoever this person was. I forget. Like they got raked over the coals because they were they pointed like, oh Roman, like name someone who has had a more like dominant. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to ruin because he actually follows us. Like well, who had a more dominant like title reign than him he's faced more like hall of famers and future hall of famers and it's like and immediately i feel like the first comment was like like bruno yeah like bruno faced more legit hall of famers because they've actually been put in the hall of fame than roman has faced and and bruno did that just at madison square garden just in one building you know how you know how you can tell his reigns kind of a dud is because there were even just like fed pilled fans are kind of like well like you know cena had that one run that was really good and blah 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 like mm-hmm. you even had you even had like total wwe centric fans kind of hemming and hawing they're like no not really the ones that kill me are the uh not only are they 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 fed pilled but they're obviously very recent into it and it's like, oh, you know, name something better that happens. And it's like something earlier this year. And it's like, dude, are, are, are you serious? Like, that's that's what you're going with. Well, there was a really dumb one where someone was like, oh, none of us can remember a rain this long. And I'm like, most of us remember Hogan's run. Like, you, you only have to be about 39 years old to remember yeah. part of hogan's run and that's that's the wwe fan base now yeah oh i mean we're like around that age no like no we're 39 we're, yeah, 39 is like the youngsters of the WWE no we're fans. still we're still youngsters their median like audience age i think it's gone down a little bit recently but their mm. median age like last year was like 52 or 53 <clears throat> yeah it's like, like we're remember right uh, i mean we can we all can like, we're dead on for, like, the AEW median age, which is, like, 41 or, like, between 41 and 43, I think. So we're dead on for that. But the, the mm-hmm. WWE one is, like, like 52 or something. Yeah. Like, they're, they're like, Meltzer. Like, they're all, like, Meltzer and, like, Alvarez's age. And Alvarez had said that before that, like, you know, he was the young guy watching when he started watching. And, like, it's just aged with him the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... This is, we did want to get this out there first, because this is kind of a milestone for us. <laughs> Everybody, um, today, episode 260, 
this is the milestone. It's been five years of Four Corners podcast, and here we are, still going. And um, you know what? We've had a lot of fun with this. We've had a a really a, we've outlasted a lot of people with similar names to us. Um, yeah, we've I think got longer. Continuously running podcast named Four Corners, <laughs> <laughs> and so okay, maybe that doesn't seem like a lot to hang your hat on, but you know, damn it, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, it's a lot we, when you're in the weeds doing it every week, but honestly, after you get through six months, it's just something you do every Tuesday. Yeah, and those of you listening out there, thank you for for hanging with us. Um, we do this because we like doing it, but knowing that we've got people that listen, you know, makes this, it's extra nice that way. And so thank you for being here with us for this. Thank you for, um, I'm glad we don't double record as much anymore because those first like couple months, those nights where we were up till one, like work was always rough the next day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Well, and we were going so long. We, yeah. we had, for lack of a better term, we hadn't exactly learned to keep it in our pants at that point. No, because we, because we're pretty, we're pretty on the mark about hitting the 145. We had like a couple of longer ones recently, but that was because Heroes of Wrestling was so bad. We were like kind of circling uh, talking about it, and I think the Justin one went a little long, but I mean that was a special occasion. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like I prefer keeping it to an hour and a half just because like my voice gets torched by the end of like a double record or anything over about 90 minutes. Yeah. Because, but, like, I'm going to be... So, this is Tuesday, but tomorrow, the day of the release, I'm going to be on Tim's show, which mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to, but my voice is going to get absolutely thrashed doing this two days in a row. I mean, I talk all day long for my uh, for my day job, so it's not as, as hard on me, but... Um, I talk differently for the podcast because I project more. For that, so I think that's why my voice um, yeah, wears down. Because yeah, Shad's sense. Shad Shad and Matt talked to me, and, and Shad's met me in real life. Like I talk a little different on the podcast. Like I'm a little more animated than I am in yeah. just like everyday conversation. So I think that's why I wear out. Yeah, and so um, anyway, that that'll be a. I know you guys will have a uh, have a good uh, good string for that and everything. And like we said, you know, hey, five years, this is, you know, this is a pretty big accomplishment. So thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. Thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you. And um, Brad, what are we getting into tonight? So we've we've talked about video games off and on. Uh, we've been really wrestling centric this year, actually, like super wrestling centric. Mm-hmm. Um. Honestly, the toxicity of Twitter has kind of, like, burned me out on modern wrestling, like, because Twitter's gotten, like, uber toxic this year. Um, (laughs) Because back when it started, it's really interesting, like, I felt like when AEW started, like, the toxicity kind of was like a two-way street. Um, Fed fans a little more than AEW fans, but that really has turned in the last year, and, like, it is just Fed fans, like... 95% 95% of it is Fed fans just being assholes, and it's really, like, tiring. Yeah. But I think it's also, I think the toxicity died down because AEW fans are just doing their their thing. 
Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of, you know, I'm not messing with this. Um, and and I know we've talked it to death before. And if that's what you enjoy, that's fine. But yeah. For God's sakes, don't don't so, be that guy. Just let people enjoy what they enjoy. Like. Yeah. Um, we're not all the same. Uh, so but so we've we've talked about video games, but we've focused. Pretty heavily on the 8 and 16-bit eras, um, with a with a maybe a small shade of 32-bit and like some modern what we're playing right now. But um, like a lot of things, I think we're remiss of like really a really a interesting and good era of wrestling, which is the 2000. I mean, video games. Sorry, um, my brain. <laughs> Went all <laughs> and also the and yeah. also the wrestling like yeah well re- yeah, yeah, yeah wrestling's kind of the forgotten era but I feel like the 2000s for video games is kind of like the birth of the modern era yeah I could see that so um so let's kind of like set the stage for for what the 2000s were so when we started in 2000 we had the the N64 we had the Dreamcast and we had the PlayStation mm-hmm. and we ended the decade with the Xbox 360, the Wii, and the PlayStation 3. So yes, yes, we're covering that ground, um, and it's also interesting because I would say this is Shad was a teenager a little further into the 2000s than Matt and I, but this is kind of like the dawn of adult gaming for the three of us. Mm-hmm. So we're no longer children at this point. Most of what we're buying are either presents or things we've purchased with our own money and consoles we've purchased with our own money. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. kind of a different animal for us. So why don't we go around the table and I'll start. So what was your primary system in this decade? Like what's and what like consoles did you own? So I think I had I think I had about every one of these consoles at some point in the 2000s actually primarily i would say the ps2 and the 360 were my primary consoles in this era with a side of the ds and um the pc yeah would you say ps2 and i thought like 360 and ps3 were like the ones that were like PS2 was towards the start of the... Yeah, the first half would be the Xbox and the PS2 and the GameCube. Yeah. Would be the... And the 64 right there at the beginning, too. Yeah. Because we kind of got the very tail end of, like, the one generation, and then we got two generations. Yeah. I actually never had the GameCube. Um, That was... That was kind of, like, the period where... Because, like, growing up, like, I... family didn't have like that much money mm-hmm. uh it wasn't until i like i got older and i, I had my, essentially my own money that i could actually fund <laughs> this like video game hobbies mm-hmm. so, so i i would perpetually only have like one system uh so once it actually got once gaming kind of developed a little bit like because back in the day i had nintendo then i the next gen systems i didn't have snes i had sega genesis Mm-hmm. And then after after that, I got PlayStation, and then like a PlayStation Two. I didn't even have Xbox. Um, Xbox was a weird that, console. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But then, 
after that, uh, so like PS2 was like the last system that I kind of like actually like had devoted to. Then after that, I was able to actually fund like getting multiple systems if I wanted them, mm-hmm. uh, which is very first world problems. Uh, yeah. But I, I was able to get like the 360, and actually was able to get the PS3, uh, and I still have those, and they still actually work. Although I'm on like my second 360. I'm on my second 360 uh, too because when I moved in with my wife, for some reason the disc tray from this is literally what happened. I picked it up, I put it in my car, wrapped in a towel, in the yeah. seat next to me, nothing on top of it, hooked it up. And the disc tray was broke. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Because that's the thing about the 360 is I don't know if there's been a bigger QC like nightmare than the 360. Well, it was bad. It was real bad. Because I, I am, I think I am the only person I know that didn't get red ringed. I got red ringed, and then whenever I got the second one, it lasted, it lasted for years and years and years until the disk drive game out gave out mm. um i don't think the later ones like because my so when i got my second one the um the disc tray is not silver and i don't think those red ring yeah they there was a change in the manufacturing uh at some point that took that out yeah but i mean you know but, you know you lived in that era if you knew what the towel trick was yeah yeah um matt did you get to finish your I I had I got 360 and the PS3 at the same time. I actually did buy the Wii mm-hmm. too, but I never really played it that much. Uh, and I did not I did not invest after that in like the Wii U or anything like that. But if you would consider these like current, I don't know how current they are because it's like we're now a few years into it. I have the Xbox One, I have the PS4, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually bought. Uh, What's the most recent Xbox system? Series X or Series, Series X. S. Okay, yeah, I have I have that, and I have not set it up. But that's not because I. I mean, we can talk about how like Xbox may or may not have fallen from grace. I, yeah, it's not that. I wanted to talk about that when we're done talking yeah. about consoles. It's not that. Um, and I know that PS5 is out there now. It's like it's. I have the Xbox Series X, but I don't have the PS5. It's not because. I don't think they're good systems, although we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about them. Let but me tell you, it, um, gaming on a PS5 with that solid state drive is like a pleasure mm-hmm. because the there's no like, load times and all that stuff. This is like in Shaq and kind of commiserate. It's like I have I have a small I, I have two small children, but mm-hmm. I, my my oldest is a little over three, almost almost three and a half, like believe it or not. Uh, but basically, once she turned like 18 months, it became a lot more difficult to have time to like do stuff do like anything. Yeah, game. Because I mean, my to pull like back the curtain, like my life every night is like we take her up to bed, and the baby has to like tag along. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but trying to put putting my daughter to bed is literally it's like an hour experience. It's like if we want to if you want to be down by like nine o'clock. It's like, okay, well, we would better head upstairs at, at 8 in the hopes we can come down in an hour. And even then, my daughter is like, 
will call it down to us from upstairs. It's like I, I just want to clock out. It's like it's like yeah. the parent can't can't clock out really, but it's like it's always like look, look, I've put in my shift, guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like that. Like I am pulling the drag chute. You have got to quit. And can can yeah. I do my impression of what it's probably like after that? Like okay, now I'm going to get. It's not far um, off. It's not far off. Like a lot of times, like it's in like an hour or or two after I, I've done stuff, like I may pass out. My, my wife sometimes too. Like my, you, my, my wife laughs at me because when I, I I've gotten better about it, but um I used to read like my Kindle in bed and she would laugh because I'd fall asleep and drop my Kindle in my face. Mm. Hey, that's that's not funny. I resemble that. I know it's it's or or the night you've read like the same paragraph like eight times you're like okay I'm giving up for the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me, uh... yeah, I I sadly, especially now with the the baby, I sadly found that if I if I sometimes a lot of times now now the baby's sleeping a little longer than the night, so it's not quite as bad than like it, she could at least like if you feed her like 11 or even as late as like 12, it's like you can go and get like a few hours sleep. Cause she'll sleep until at least like six o'clock in the morning. So you get a few hours versus like, Oh, she's waking up at like three in the morning to eat. But I, I do find that if I stop doing things by that, I mean like I'm not actively doing something like I'm not washing dishes and not preparing a lunch for my child for the next day. So not something like that, not folding laundry. If it's something that's like, okay, I finally have a moment for myself. Let's uh let's just sit on the couch and like watch TV. I can make it like an hour and yeah. I just pass out. Oh man, you're yeah. there's some nights I mean, I don't have kids, but there's some nights, especially if it was a rough day, like I I maybe make it like ten minutes on the couch. Mm. I'm in this um in this difficult spot where, you know, my kids are a little older than Matt's are and the thing that I run into is that um, I'm a night owl. I, I have always been a night owl. Me but, too. That's a funny well, thing. Except I should I should rephrase. Post puberty, I have always been a night owl. You know, it's funny. My parents said I was a night owl even like when I was really little. So what I run into is it's you know it's late. It's midnight. I'm laying in bed, and I still can't power down. And um, that's really frustrating. The good thing for me is that was a problem my whole life, but the antidepressants. Um... So now, like, after years of having your problem, I lay uh-huh. down, like, okay, it's it's time to go to bed, and within five minutes, I'm out cold. Like, it's, it's like, been life-altering. I'm like, oh, this is really nice. This is what this is supposed to feel like. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I because like there's I don't know. I used to have nights like you could just I could just feel my brain like going. And sometimes nights I would just give up and go like do something for an hour to try and. Yeah. Power down. But. um, Yeah, we don't have a TV in our bedroom because. Yes. Oh, I we, we don't have that at all. We haven't had that like ever. People are like shocked about that, and I'm like, in, in, um, I was kind of getting on our niece about it when she lived with us. I'm like, you need, you need, like, it's called, I call it a hygiene, but like your sleep hygiene is really important, and you shouldn't have a TV in your room because yeah. it. 
we don't have that just because like I it's like that's the room that I share with my wife. It's like I don't want a TV. Like I'm I'm focused on just like spending time with my wife and my family in my bedroom. Yeah. And yeah, it's like I'm going. I'm not just like hanging out up there. Like if we're gonna watch TV, like we're down in like the the living room watching TV. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, like no, I'm either going to bed or I'm just up there with my wife. Maybe like she's passed out. Maybe I'm still awake and I'm trying to play like the Nintendo Switch, which is a console <laughs> that I own. <laughs> sadly, sadly these days, like that's the one that I play the most. Although I do think the Switch is actually quite good, so it's not really a lament. But that's yeah. the one I play the most because it's like a handheld one. Well, and it but powers I'm just, I'm right doing up that. too, so you can yeah. like if you need to get 20 minutes, then Switch is your like Switch is your go-to. Yeah, I uh, we do the same thing. We do not have. Um, we do not have uh, a TV in our bedroom. Um, we never have because for a number of reasons. One of them is it'll be impossible for us to go to sleep. Uh, and another reason is I don't want a TV on and being distracting, you know, at, at other points. So we just don't. And but, you know, my problem is it's I'm for me to go to go to sleep before midnight, usually I either have to be completely drained or I have to, um, you know, I, I there's 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 some form of chemical assistance at play. Probably <laughs> it's uh, not to not to make it sound weird or anything, but there's probably some kind of, you know, I. I, I have some um, anti-inflammatories prescribed to me for my neck. Nothing narcotic. I ain't messing with that. I told my doctor, I ain't messing with that. Do not hit me with that stuff. But they knock me out. And so barring an extremely hard day or barring some kind of chemical assistance, I'm just kind of wired. And screens, no screens, books, no books, whatever – doesn't matter so um now to go back to the the console talk real quick um mine actually kind of shifted around uh as the decade went on um 2000 i was all about the n64 that was that was what i was there for as uh the decade went on uh gamecube became the go-to um on my uh, my floor when I was in college, there were three or four game cubes, and it, we'd be running cables down the hall to do like sixteen person uh, double dash races and stuff like that. Um, and then towards the end of the decade, when I got married, we got a three sixty as our uh, as one of our wedding gifts, and so I kind of cycled through all three of them. Uh, being the the dominant force in terms of gaming, in addition to being a PC gamer, because um, I have I have always been a, uh, a PC gamer guy. Like, yeah, I would say the second half of the 2000s was kind of a lull for um, PC gaming, though. I was playing the thing I was playing the most in the 2000s. It, that's when I got into um, some uh, Half-Life mod games. Yeah, I wasn't okay. good at them, but I played them a lot. So, 
But yeah, I feel That's like I feel like I PC gamed up until about 2005, and then that kind of died off. Other than WoW here and there, and then around like the time Diablo 3 came out, it feels like PC gaming started to really pick back up Steam-wise. Uh, I need to find a good way to say this, but uh, but WoW can suck my left nut. Um, <laughs> there have been three occasions, three occasions where I have had friends, you know, talk me into playing WoW, and all three of those occasions, I hated it. I would I have at least bought you a level boost if I talked you into it. Um, there were at least one of the, um, it was, uh, it, the Warlords expansion, I was given a free code for the whole expansion, and that came with a, uh, character boost to 60. God, Warlords is so terrible. Yeah. The first time I tried it was vanilla, and my roommate said to me, like, oh, yeah, man, here you go. Um, yeah, you get the – yeah, 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 get in this. We'll run together. And I was like, okay, I got started. What am I doing? They're like, oh, yeah, uh, get to 50. Then we'll play together. And I was like, what the hell? And that put me out. The second one was during – it was either Burning Crusade or Wrath of the Lich King. And here I am trying – trying to have a good time with my friends and I uh, don't uh, you know I don't uh, don't have a good time don't want to keep doing it and so I just kind of gave up then and then the, the last one uh, I think that was it was warlords hmm. and I was just like you know what I got to the end of it I was like you know what this is three times. This is three times I have tried this damn game. I'm done. I'm not doing this shit anymore. Honestly, giving it more than two chances is probably... Probably more yeah. than... Because what I hate when people are like, oh no, you just, like, especially like, it doesn't have to be an MMO, but it's like, no, no, you just need to get through like the first 10 or 12 hours, and then it gets good. I'm like... And it's the same way with TV shows. Like, if you don't get me within 40 minutes, like, I'm sorry, like, I have better things to do with my life. If it takes I, uh, the first 10 or 12 hours, then I fully expect for you to be on the ride with me to get there. Yeah. Maybe that's not fair, but that's that's my opinion. No, because like, like, well, I just to finish my thought, like at least like if, if if you were if you were to play with me in something like that, like I'm at least going to show up and give you like good gear, like a bunch of money and like stuff to help you. Yeah. To ease like the suffering. Right. I, uh, I have never, I've never played, I've never been like a PC gamer. Uh, I was always more a console gamer. I think I've mentioned that before on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just never got into doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I could probably name one hand the number of times I've played like PC gaming. So it's not really something I was into. Uh, specifically calling about like WoW or other RPGs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you'd have to have Apple TV to get this, but Shad, have you ever seen the show uh, Mythic Quest? I have not. Okay, like Mythic Quest is actually basically a take on that, uh-huh. but it's the the premise is that it's actually about uh how the game is it, it's it it's it's like the studio, the mm-hmm. game studio that's created it. 
like this big MMORPG. Right. And like the interdynamics of the people behind the studio. And it's it's funny. Uh I it's they've had three seasons. Uh two of the, the first the first two are actually I could feel pretty good. Okay. Uh this last one was not as good. There's the thing that's funny is that it's 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 quick. It's like a thirty minute show usually, uh-huh. and like ten episode seasons. So kind of like the Guild unique. from back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the thing that's that's I find unique about it or interesting about it is that one maybe two, but usually just like one or so episodes a season. It's unlike the other ones, uh-huh. and by that it's like like I think like the first episode, what not the first episode, the first season they had an episode, uh, and it was about it, it's like a timepiece where it's set back in like the nineties. Okay, and it's like it's basically like a throwback to like that era of gaming, where the this couple uh, meets in like a video store or GameStop or something like that. And they start talking. And they realize like they like this, they have the same interests, and so they're like, "Well, we should make a game." It's like they make their own game together, uh-huh. and the game is like successful, but it comes like wildly successful that they they basically they create almost like a Resident Evil like franchise. All right, to the point where like Hollywood is making a movie out of the game and like that. But then it, it kind of like drives them apart because it, it, it everything goes way beyond like the the simple game that they created together right it's called like a the game and the episode i believe is called dark quiet death okay uh and it's really it's really unique because it's like so radically different than everything of the actual show to the point where the the regular cast like almost doesn't appear in the episode it's interesting and they have one of the one or two of those a season Mm -hmm. and so it's like it was like it's like dramatic it's like a dramatic episode in set in like an otherwise like funny show, but it's pretty good. Uh, the show is it's done by Rob McElhenney. Okay. Who, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the stars and creator of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And actually, one of the other creators of this show is Charlie Day. Uh, so oh wow! That, All right. Yeah. All right. I, it's not as like ridiculous as it's always sunny uh mm-hmm. but it's i actually think it's a pretty good show that's cool okay it my favorite um media that i have seen that's wow related <laughs> was the south park episode make love not warcraft mm-hmm. and there's there's a few easter eggs to it that i really enjoy because the um the character of that which has no life you know, the guy that they're all trying to, to deal with. Yeah. Was based on a dude who were, used to work at Blizzard. Like, mm-hmm. visually lo- looks dead on the dude. Which, I'm like, oh, 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 that's that's rough. But then, um, I the, the Sword of a Thousand Truths was a reference to an actual event that happened um, in WoW that they, they're... Sorry, excuse me. There was a moderator who threw some kind of um, some kind of glitch or something got killed, and they looted his corpse. And it was a sort of a thousand truths, and it was like 
what you heard about in the episode was really it. Um, you know what's funny about that? I didn't realize until years later is the the live to win song that they're killing Boris for hours to. Yeah, is uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss singing it. <laughs> and then I had a uh, I had a friend who I mean he still does wild wow stuff today because he loves it. And I say that more power to you, man. But I can't anymore. Like I, I came back and Dragonflight's better, but it's just like it's so. Like, it's so insulated that if you don't play all the time, like, you don't know what the hell you're doing anymore. Yeah, you, you've got to pick up right at the beginning of the expansion, yeah. run through all the stuff right there at the beginning with everybody. And then after everybody's run everything and got all the gear, then you can take a break. And um, he he told me the story that whenever that episode came out, I don't know if it was on the official WoW boards, but it was on a forum, and there were people who was like, this episode is nothing like the game, and here's why. And it was a list of like 20 incredibly nitpicky reasons. And it was like, that was the best they had as a comeback, was all these super nitpicky reasons why the game couldn't be like that at all. And uh, it's like, wait, what? Well, you know what's funny about that is, um, so a lot of my friends played at the time, because I, I mean, if you weren't like alive or super young then, like WoW was huge from like, 2006 to about 2009 like Mm -hmm. you probably knew one or two people in real life that played it but we all thought it was fucking hilarious because we're like oh man that is so dead on to the game yeah yeah um my the only mmo i played much was city of heroes and i really liked city of heroes but the problem is that you played uh, guild wars didn't you no oh Uh you didn't that was that was a fun one no, I played City of Heroes because it was the only one that actually held my attention long enough. They had the best character creator and lots of really cool customization and that sort of stuff. They used to have a comic you could subscribe to for that. Mm-hmm. And they had Hero Clicks too. I have all of them. I didn't know they had Hero Clicks. Yes. And uh, so you've got this uh, – you, you had that for PC stuff, but uh, for games – on, on the 64 at the beginning of the era, you know, I was all about the, the THQ Uke wrestling games. And, you know, I'd rotate through all of them. No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, WCW NWO World Tour, WCW NWO Revenge, like everything. I played through all of them. And I loved it. I had a great time with it. My roommate was not a wrestling fan. I got him to play the game, and he loved it. Like, it was... You know, it just it just really worked out and, you know, had a lot of fun. Um, and then you get to about the, the middle of the decade and uh, my brother and I had a PS2 between us and we just kind of pass it back and forth. But my brother was also one of those people that on la- like sat in a Walmart for 26 hours. So on launch day, he could buy a Wii. He did that. He 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 would call me at various times and ask me to bring food to him. I did that once for the PS2, and I've never done it again because it was fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah, uh, miserable is is accurate. But um, so you know, here I am, just uh, I'm I'm messing with the PS2, and the dominant thing, the dominant thing for GameCube was it was a mixture between your classics, your double dash, your, 
Double Dash and Smash, you know, Smash Brothers, but then also the Def Jam Fight for New York. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I loved that one. Is that the is that the second one? Yes. Okay. Because Def Jam Def Jam Vendetta was the first one. And it, it was kind of limited, but had a lot of potential. It uh, yes, you 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 did not have character customization, but you had um you had four characters you could pick between, and that's fine, sure I guess, but <clears throat> um uh, fight for New York you had all the customization, the different fighting styles, that sort of stuff. I really enjoyed that. I had oh uh, here comes the pain was also a big one because. On my uh, floor, on my dorm floor in college, that was that was a huge party game. You wouldn't actually do the matches; you would make your character and then turn everything loose and see what happened. But uh, we, you know, we had a we had a lot of fun with that. Um, basically, if it was a fighting or wrestling game, I probably got into it, and then Did towards play- the end. Um, I was gonna ask because this is the one that the one the ones that stand out for me for this era are 360 games mostly because they started franchises, but Bioshock and Mass mm. Effect would be like the big like started in this era. Well, Halo. Yeah. Oh yeah, Halo. Halo Which... was like the first. So if you, if you don't understand why Halo is such a big deal, it's like Halo is the first time like a first person shooter was on console and felt really good because there was GoldenEye beforehand, but GoldenEye GoldenEye's kind of janky. GoldenEye did not have cooperative stuff. Um, yeah. Halo let you team up and do stuff. Halo was the original Halo was not great. Um, the original Halo was, was, it reminded you of a game you've played before where stuff just kind of went on and on, like the flood levels. Oh my God, everything looked the same and it was the endless horde of enemies and that sort of stuff. But the multiplayer, the, the couch multiplayer was fantastic and everything like that. around and like the warthogs and stuff was fun. But I used to love that. There was one level there though. Well, okay, so there's a couple things that I remember from that. There's, like, one level, like, you could, like, get up in this weird, like, ledge and, like, just snipe people. But mm-hmm. but sneaking up, my and it's still my favorite thing ever in video games, but sneaking up on someone that's sniping and doesn't see you and just cracking them on the back of the head with the butt of your gun and killing them is still, like, yeah. my favorite, like, except when those fuckers would drop, like, a grenade when they died. Yeah. And oh, yeah. blow yeah. you up. <clears throat> I love that they they finally admitted like after the fact, or after like a couple of years, like the the handgun in that in the first game, like the first Halo, yeah, was like totally nerfed. Like it, I may have that backwards, but they, it was a, basically an easy cheat. Like the, it was overpowered. Yes, like it was programmed like to be overpowered, and so basically you, there are people that did. I never did, but I mean, you could basically go throughout the entire game and kill everything with just the handgun. Yeah. And wasn't the handgun like infinite ammo or am I mistaking it? Um, I think like, I it think was. To, I think you had to like reload, but I mean, I don't think you had to like get ammo for the handgun. Um, no, but it, it had a scope on it. So it was it was available at every range. It had a really quick uh, melee attack animation. It 
yeah, it was semi-automatic, but it, it still had a good rate of fire. The damage was still good. It's like, it was not a secret to people that the, uh, you know, that the the pistol in Halo One was was you know, frankly, the best choice because it applied to everything. What what but, I liked about Halo One though is is back then, and it, it's not as true now, but like you, people could be far better than you, but you could, if you were smart, you could you could get some kills. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you figured out a good corner, you could chill out in, and then you could snipe some people. Like it it was a it was an easy game to be competitive in and not get like blown away like you would playing games now. And it was not a um, what's the word I'm looking? It did not feel like there was a cheap rubber banding mechanic. No, and, and it, like I said, it rewarded being smart versus like your twitch reflexes. Yeah. So. Here's the thing. Halo 1 came out, and lots of people got into it because it was the best console FPS since GoldenEye. Um, being better in GoldenEye or not, uh, you can debate amongst yourselves on that front. I, but I would say I would say you can debate that, but it's the first console FPS that felt like a PC FPS. Okay, yeah. And, well, and they released it on PC, too. That's how I played yeah. Halo 1. But then you get into um, Halo 2 was a bit better, and then Halo 3, they really seemed to find their footing. And Halo 3 had a lot of stuff work well, um, and the multiplayer was fun, and the online support was good. You know, Xbox Live was, was a really good multiplayer match platform. When did they? When did? When did? Which one was it where Halo kind of just started to go downhill? Uh. Is that Reach? So Halo Three, and then it was ODST, and I don't remember what came after ODST. Reach. Is that what Reach came after that? Yeah, and then there was the there was the RTS that was in there. Okay. But yeah, I think Reach was, and then because um, I kind of want to go into that, and Halo is a good like thing good like launching point but they just did halo infinite um it's only been out a year hasn't it i don't know it it feels longer but essentially so bungie was the was the original developer and they left so they made it they made 343 to pretty much was custom designed to do halo and they've done nothing but bungle halo so infinite came out i think last year and it was so like it had fewer features than I think Halo 2 did, and it's essentially a dead game already. Yeah. Um, they did that awful Halo show last year, which I I kind of think was not written as a Halo show, and they kind of like reskinned it when they got a license. Oh yeah, I absolutely think that's the case. Um, Red Dead Redemption also came out in this time period. And uh, Red Dead Revolver, which was the the pre, pre- yeah and uh the left for dead series oh so, man left for dead 2 there are people that still play that a ton yeah other other people still play left for two i play it occasionally um dead rising but, 2 for zombie stuff you know the dead rising didn't didn't grab me the same way i can't tell you why but um, those were the those were the games that really kind of grabbed me in that time period that were on the consoles. Um, 
What about you guys, though? Were there were there others that grabbed you that we didn't talk about? See, FF9, I think Chrono Cross was this era. Um, okay, so this this was in the 2000s, and it, it had a release on GameCube after the Dreamcast, but uh, Fantasy Star Online was like, is like probably one of my top 10 games of all time. Uh-huh. Um, so that was kind of an MMO, but so if, you, if you've never played it, it's it's um when it was an mmo you could go and do like missions with four other players and fight bosses and stuff but it's essentially just like an action rpg it's a lot of fun you you find like gear and all that stuff um but it's it's really fun game that you can still play online well it has an offline mode so if you can get the the gamecube version or the dreamcast version you can still play them Mm -hmm. but um pc still has like private servers you can get into okay let's see i'm trying to think um that wasn't 2000s wasn't a great mario decade i don't think no paper mario thousand year door was you had mario sunshine which i guess and then with the wii you had mario galaxy that was decent Oh, no, you had yeah. the, the new Mario, the new Super Mario games are pretty good. And then, like I said, um, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, which is really good. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Matt. It feels like we're boxing you out now. Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably like uh, the PS2 era. I just People may laugh at me for this, but I actually I really like Kingdom Hearts. I thought the first game was really good. Yeah, I like the I first thought, one. It got this, really convoluted after. Yeah, it did. Like that—that's my only complaint. It got—I thought it was good because it was, you know, Square Enix did it, and it felt like a good combination of like anime, Japanese anime, or manga, uh-huh. and and Disney properties. And I feel like. Stuff. It's like one of the first video games they really invested heavily in voice acting and giving you like, mm-hmm. well, Final Fantasy X as well, but the, they really like invested in the actors for it. And like a lot of the Disney characters had their original voice actor doing the voice. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I thought that the second game was actually pretty good too, but it did get very convoluted. And the story makes... The story makes no sense. Like even yeah, the first one kind of doesn't make sense, but it really like dropped off the cliff in terms of storyline. It's it's just very Japanese anime in like, mm-hmm. but like the worst possible way. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you're like a big anime fan. I'm not hating on you or hating on what you like. I'm just saying like a lot of times like Japanese anime stuff, it's like very very convoluted. And maybe that's because it's it's you're trying to it, translate stuff, not literally like translate. Uh, language but you're trying to look at a very like japanese mindset and applying it to sometimes to an american mindset and that doesn't necessarily work yeah that well i see all times like so i don't know i but i like that game series a lot matt someone mentioned mass effect like that's a really good game yeah i i don't like that they slowly dumbed away the rpg elements but um what can you do Mm. It's one, I go ahead, Brad. It's one I never played, but it needs mentioning. But um, because it, I'd say it, it had a big 
role in mainstreaming video games, but Call of Duty really hit its stride. Oh my <laughs> god, Call of Duty Four, back in the day. Mm. Uh, I because I went through I went through a period of time where I wasn't like dating, <laughs> and then I eventually like started dating again, and then eventually also like found started dating the girl that eventually became my wife mother of my children but back in the day there was like a a year or so when i i wasn't really dating and i was just playing call of duty like four like <laughs> every night i had a really good multiplayer mm-hmm. i mean you that i mean that was maybe it still is because i i don't i haven't really played like call of duty in a while and by a while i'm in like a few years yeah well, i don't I, think they, they changed anything in a decade with it I mean, kind of, but I don't think that multiplayer has really changed that much. But back in the day, it was like hot, like really, like. But it's also like uh, it's difficult too, because like even back in the day, it's like I had a job, so it's like yeah, like maybe at night I can like unwind by playing play playing Call of Duty Four multiplayer for like a couple hours. Yeah. And you, future iterations of Call of Duty, it's like okay, well, wow, yeah, like new Call of Duty is dropping like today like it's thursday it's like okay yeah well uh, okay let me go get it i'm not i don't have time to play it until like the weekend maybe but let me get it and then you log on like 48 hours after it drops and people and are already like level 20 and you can't compete yes, because of pres- their they're, they're already level prestige and it's like what what's going on with you guys like what what, what are you going on what's going on in your life that you have nothing everything is just devoted to this that's what these i hate. Are those, that's these what I, are those guys who have found the game that got them kicked out of college is what that is well, i hate that i hate that now though with like certain games like it'll come out and then you have these morons like day two like it doesn't have any content in the end game it's like dumbass you played 60 hours in two days like yeah i don't how? know how you i don't know how you manage that in 48 hours but like it was meant to be played over a couple of weeks like it's not their fault you blew through it and mm instantly it's like you you ate all your dessert in one go and yeah now it's all gone um i played the first mass effect and i was like ah this is all right but i never felt that compelled to go on to the next one i i was always disappointed because my big disappointment with mass effect and i feel like this is a big ball drop but i was really invested in the universe Mm -hmm. and i really feel like there was a big failure that there was not like a really well-developed novel line that followed it other than like the one or two they did. Mm. And I really feel like that was a big ball drop because I really liked the universe. I really liked like the alien races. Like I just, part of what I liked about it is I just like chilling out in that universe. Okay. Yeah. It's actually, it's a, it's a good universe. It really, it was actually pretty well-developed. Like stuff like the that... genophage for the, um, uh, what was that race? Uh, I'm going to look it up. The Krogans? Yeah, the Krogans. So, like, in that, like, like stuff like that. So, like, they, the the Krogans had, like, been pretty much genetically altered that they couldn't really reproduce at a great rate. And um, it was really kind of messed up. Yeah. Yeah, it it was because, like, they were just, just monster like a monster alien race like not really because they're not they weren't monstrous it's just like they were like they would breed and they were just tough as shit yeah and so it's like well we can't let like too many of these 
you know, we can't, the whole galaxy can't just be infested with these aliens. Yeah. But it, it's, then that's part of, like, the game. It's, like, you have to, like, hear that. I actually, I, I agree with you. Like, they could have done a game system. They could have actually had this be a, a TV show. If this was, like, a TV show, this would be, probably would be as classic of a TV show as like Babylon Five or one of the other shows, like it, it's it's well developed. It's really interesting. And there wasn't like, like there wasn't much sci-fi filling the void at the time either. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. It, it was a standout in a time of drought. Yeah. Um. But I want I do want to talk about a couple of things that happened or have happened post this era. Um, and started in this era, but there's two declines I want to talk about. So first, um, let's talk about the video game one. So the decline of Final Fantasy started in this era, sadly. See, people people have very different opinions about this. Uh, and if you are a fan of, of later generations of Final Fantasy, that's fine. I've talked before, like one of my favorite games of all time is the turn-based and one that started off Final Fantasy One to the point where I have just bought the the Pixel remasters for the Nintendo Switch and I'm I'm playing through Final Fantasy One again. Yeah, good luck uh, when you get to two on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, but I to me it's like I back in the day I played Final Fantasy Seven and I loved Final Fantasy Seven back in the day. Like I I invested so much time with that game. So to me it's like that was the quote-unquote peak of Final Fantasy. I know people like are like, no, like they're much better games later. It's like, okay, okay, fine. Nah. But I, I liked Final Fantasy VII. Six, seven, nine are like the peak era. I mean, 12 is mean, okay, but like 13 has a lot of issues. Like 15 is just not a good game. Because 15, the problem with 15 is you have to consume a lot of outside media like movies and like novels and stuff to actually make sense of the plot, which is terrible storytelling in a game. So I am okay. The only Final Fantasy I've played front to back and beaten was six, mm-hmm. which in the U.S. was three, but whatever. Like I really enjoyed that. I liked the ensemble cast, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I just never got into seven. I don't know what it was. I, I missed the boat. Burn. I missed the boat at some point and just never hopped on. Okay, fine. I didn't play eight. Good it's choice. good that I didn't play eight. Uh, there was a um, <laughs> there was a, a guy on YouTube named the Spoony One who did a Final Fantasy eight retrospective, and I mean, he tore it to shreds, and he got death threats. For criticizing Final Fantasy VIII, to the his he said his favorite was I hope you get hit with a truckload of cancer. Hmm. Um, but I did play ten, and ten was this horrendous contradiction of terms because I really liked the combat system in ten, the ability to swap characters in and out. I like and, the, the paper rock scissor like element um was really good because you really had to like i what i liked about the battle system is you really had to think about what you were doing yeah 
but and there was there was flexibility and there was fun in okay I'm gonna swap this guy out because I don't need a melee person here I need ranged people or and, and this could, is a different kind of magic and I need I need black magic here instead of the blue mage or something like and, that and once you got further along like your character could branch out into another characters like sphere grid so then you got even more like crazy flexibility. My problems with Final Fantasy X are twofold. Number one, I cannot come up with anything nice to say about Blitzball. Number two, oh my god, the characters. Oh my god, the characters. With the exception of Kamari, who hardly ever talks, and Aron, who is the smoothest pimp daddy in, you've seen in almost any game... I kind of well, – I guess Lulu didn't really talk that much either, but I kind of – You know was fine. You know was so bland. Yeah, but I mean you, you have to think about it though in the sense that she's essentially going off to die. So, I mean I don't think I'd have much of a personality either. But the, it's dominated by Titus. You know, I don't hate Titus as much as oh, you do, but I but like Titus I said, much. people's big complaint about him, and I mean, I don't think you you aren't as big into this as other people, but other people are like, well, he's kind of a douche, and I'm like, if you were in his situation, you would be a douche too. It's not my problem that he's a douche. It's that he's a shrill-voiced idiot is my issue with him because – Okay, yeah, his dad was an abusive jerk. Yes, that's that's 100% true. Well, I mean, like, being in the world and stuff, too, like, I think his situation, like, the current situation, not even, like, the past stuff, but, like, you know, being in this weird world and you don't know what's going on, like, kind of, um, I think would be super frustrating. So there are, when I, if I'm going to gripe about Titus, like I said, this shrill-voiced douche nozzle who <laughs> is... <clears throat> there's a scene early on where he he gets picked up by a ship. He's sitting on the ship shoving food in his mouth and starts to choke because he's too stupid to eat right. Hmm. Um, he, he also bitches endlessly. This is my story. It'll go how I want it to. And it's like, it's not your story. In no way is it your story. This is Yuna's story being told from your point of view. Shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Also, he's supposed to be better at Blitzball than the Blitzball character in the party, but he's using a sword while the other guy's actually using a Blitzball. I don't know why. doesn't make any well, sense. Ty Titus is a Blitzball player from his time. Yeah, but he's better than Waka is, and Waka's using a Blitzball as a weapon. If Titus is better, why is why is he not using one? I don't know. And, and then there are blitz balls that do things like turn people to stone. And I'm like, who? <laughs> like the, 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 oh my God, the lack of internal consistency in this particular game. I know there are other games that have it too, but in this particular one, it drives me crazy. And then Seymour. I quit the game after I beat Seymour Flux because I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. I am I am done. I am so sick of this. And you know, I just I put it down and deleted my save and walked away from it because I was like, I'm not no. I am so sick of this. 
in fairness to 10, it's a lot better than 13. 13 is <laughs> like where the 13 is like where the series kind of like hit the hit the skids really bad. Because yeah. we're we're not gonna count the MMOs because I know I know 14 is like a big success, but that's not like a mainline game. And then it's interesting because this has kind of happened a lot. But if you think about if you think about the 2000s, you had nine, 10, 12, and 13 come out, and it took them like the next 15 years to get one out. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've noticed with a lot of these um these franchises is is instead of getting like one a generation now, like these studios are struggling to like get out a half out assed version, like once a decade. Mm-hmm. Which one was the final fantasy game that had the, um, the hallway where you couldn't actually split off from the way 13. you were supposed to go. Was that what it was? It was that was the one with lightning and yep, uh, Sarah. And it, oh my God. I you, saw some clips from that and I came to the conclusion I'd rather nail my hand to my desk than you play could, it. You could eventually, and like the battle system was okay ish, but the problem is like when the game opened up, you were like 20 something hours in. Like the tutorial for that game is literally 20 hours, and it's, it's like, hey, do you like it when your game is on rails when it's supposed to be open world world exploration? Huh? I actually don't mind a game that's on rails. People complain about that sometimes, and this isn't a defense of Final Fantasy 13. I just meant in general. Like, I don't think a game being on rails is always a bad thing. Just, just make that clear from the beginning. Yeah. Just have that clear up front. And that's okay, right? Like, if, if, if you'll do it that way, that's fine. So I know what I'm getting into. But if you come into the Final Fantasy 13 from the, like, oh, it's like other Final Fantasies, and it's not, <sighs> boy, that's... Um... Yeah. So let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about the other decline, and this is a much bigger one. So the, the brand that is Xbox... And it's kind of uh, kind of nose like dive bomb off a cliff into oblivion over since the 360. It has felt to me like they, both Xbox and PlayStation have dropped off while the Switch has really like exploded. The, the five I, has been hampered by um, shortages, but it okay. sold really well. And the four did well, but the problem, and I'll let you, uh, but the, I think Xbox problem, they never recovered from that disastrous, like, announcement of, like, the one. Oh, oh, the, 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 this is what's going to be in it, and everybody was pissed. Like, that you can't sell your used games anymore, and, like, the Kinect was, like, super vital and always on and all that stuff. And you had to be online for everything all the time. Yeah. Uh, that is something that I, so I have a one, uh, I have a PS4 of both and I felt that both were pretty good and both had like a good, decent number of games for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not like with the Xbox one. It's like, and it's, it's a little bit like that with the PS4. It's like, I don't like, I don't like that. I have to like basically be online and download stuff just to play a fucking game. Like I, I, I want to just, I like the old school, even going back as like the NES. It's like, okay, I just want to pop this in and play it. I don't want to have to go through the steps of like, Oh, now I have to connect to the internet. Like, no, 
no, I, I don't want to do that. Or I, I have to download, want, you have to download. It's like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to have to download a 20 gigabyte day one patch because you didn't finish the game properly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's all about. That's that's all accurate. But I feel like I feel like they didn't learn from like the the Sony disaster of the PS3 and like the um so the one really struggled with that and then I feel like the system exclusives for that have really just dried up. Mm. And um the Series X just doesn't exist as far as like because it even had less problems with shortages than the PS5. It hasn't. It, it's not done as well as the PS5. What I I what I actually I personally feel like neither the Xbox Series X or the PS5 really has exclusives, and to me, both both really feel still. And they've been out like what two three years. At least, they something like feel, that. They honestly, because because there has been like a lack of, in my opinion, exclusives for both. It's almost like you put these out there, you rush them out there to hit your like your quotas in in terms of what you need to do to sell your merchandise quotas. But you didn't need to put out these generations yet. Like you didn't. The, the games aren't there. You like they. It's not like, oh, it's time to move on from the Xbox One and PS4. Time to move I, on. We passed those generations. Like, I don't know that that's true. My, I, my I slightly disagree. On the game front, you're absolutely correct. On the technical front, they absolutely needed new consoles. That's because... fair. If you, I, I, again, I'm sadly, I'm not someone who plays enough of the more recent stuff that I, that I can tell you, like, oh, yeah, like we absolutely need. I don't know. The, to me, it's like it's fine. <laughs> because they were they're both starting to lose ground to PC gaming because, you know, if you have a solid state in a PC, like you and and a lot of the games are becoming less exclusive. So why are you gonna play, um, The Witcher Three on PS4 and deal with like 40 seconds load times when you can get the same game on PC? It looks better, and like the loading time is like 1.5 seconds. Like that's why they needed to update because they needed they needed to get rid of those load times. Like some of the options on the PS5 and the the Series X are extremely nice and vital where you can have the performance versus quality modes, which is like an absolute like 100% a game changer for for consoles. Mhm. And I mean, I always put it in performance because I'm And you know, in getting and getting everything away from being hard locked to 30 FPS on the one in, in the four was like a really important change as well. So I think like I think on the tech side, but that's a hard sell. Like I don't think I don't think people want to hear like, well, you need this $500 console because I don't think until you like deal with those things or like you you know things like on the the technical side like people aren't going to be wowed by like the, well, the Rams faster, the games are going to load faster. Like, I don't think that's sexy for consumers. Yeah. I think that we're hitting a point where the fixation on better and better graphics is coming at a cost of 
everything else. You can't. You honestly. It doesn't. It's not that much of a difference anymore. Yeah, it, and here, here's my. If someone's like, "Oh, graphics matter. Games aren't successful if they don't have good graphics," and I go, "Minecraft." Right. What? What? Because I've heard that before. It's like if you if you don't have cutting edge graphics, your game's not worth anything. It's like I don't know. Notch got paid a billion dollars for Minecraft. And I mean, um, Fortnite looks like shit too. It looks like a mobile I mean, game. It it's it's a stylistic game. Yeah. And what's wrong with having a stylistic? Kingdom Hearts was a stylistic game. Lots of the Final Fantasies have been stylistic games. You know, it, there's nothing wrong with that. You find a style that matches. And for most people, photorealism is not that important. It seems to me, and maybe uh, my scope's too narrow, but it seems to me that the photorealism is really a big deal for, like, the sports games. Eh. And honestly, they're beating a dead horse by having to make a new one every year. Sports games are all about, like just bleeding their their fans dry on microtransactions now is that what it is yeah okay like um nba the, the nba 2 game 2k games are straight up just gambling simulators now uh, i don't i don't need look it, it would not be that hard for you to go hey you know okay here is madden we're not putting a, a year on it or anything this is just madden and this is the this is the the uh, roster you've got on it. And if you want an updated roster, sure. You know, you can buy the DLC for that for whatever year you want it to be in. Because if you think that that, you know, 2018 was the year that you want to play all your your sports in your college football in or NFL in. Great. And if you're like, no, I need the most updated because I, I'm, I'm a Cincinnati fan. and I got to have Joe Burrows. OK, get this year for it. It would not – I don't think – I can't swear to it, but I don't think it would be that hard to set up a good framework and then give you the opportunity to add more stuff in later. Well, they, they do patch roster updates, like, throughout the season. So, like, if if they do, like, a big trade, like, you can patch in. I just trade. mean in general. Yeah. You know, it's it's a – you've got this, this ability to have this whole – just one one game – and you're already on the micro microtransaction game. Just sell DLCs that have – maybe you don't even want the whole thing. Maybe you just want 2022 Cincinnati Bengals. You can buy that. Or you can buy the entire AFC or the entire NFC or something like – and just parcel it out. You could do that, but they, they're not answering. we got to have another – got to have a whole new game. I, I kind of feel like those franchises are all slowly, like, dying right now. You know what? That's probably a good thing. Because, like, Madden it's, hasn't changed much, and, like, the 2K games just lean way too hard into, into the microtransactions. Um, also, the, there was, like, um, we should, we'd be remiss, too, to not mention that the PSP came out in this era, and the DS, which I think, the DS was a real monster in the handheld space. I'll be 100% honest with you. I have no experience with either one. So I'm just going to sit here quietly. I own a PSP. I haven't not really played it that much. Like, I actually should go back to it because I actually have quite a few games for it. Uh, 
and that is one that I probably will pick up again at some point. But really, just all my time is being devoted to the Switch at the moment. Yeah, I've, I am, I'm just kind of killing time till Zelda and Diablo Four come out right now. Am I, am I mistaken that Zelda for the Switch is going to be like eighty bucks? It's seventy. If you do the, if you, if you're on the, okay. if you're on the online thing though, um. And I think the deal's still there. You should check. What I did is they did this deal where you could get two vouchers for two games for fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zelda was on there as a pre-order, so I pre-ordered it in Advance Wars. So I got a hundred and thirty dollars worth of games for a hundred dollars using those vouchers. Mm-hmm. You should check to see if that's still on the store because it's totally worth it. Um, in that aspect. But yeah, it's 70. But that's like the new, that's becoming the new norm. Unfortunately. And the microtransactions thing pisses me off too. Because especially, especially when it is pay to win stuff. If it's just cosmetics, I don't care. I'm if if it's a mobile game like that's choose your own poison. What I hate is when they put pay to win in a fully priced video game. Yeah. Because if it's if it's pay to win in a free to play game, it's like well that sucks. But like, um, you knew what you're getting into when you saw free to play. And you don't have to. You don't have to even really spend like. The only thing that I play that's a Marvel that's a, a mobile game is Marvel Snap. And the thing about Marvel Snap is you don't have to pay for anything. If you're cagey with what cards you use and that sort of stuff, it's fine. You don't have to buy anything. You can if you want to, and most of it is for variants, but you will you will get access to everything that's in the game as you go. But I, I don't you know, League of Legends was like the money you spent was basically for cosmetics. I'm fine with that. It's free to play. They're making money. You like the cosmetic, get the cosmetic then. You're just getting something that you like and you want to have. But, you know, it, you don't you don't have to buy power. That 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 game is really more more than even knowledge of the game and mechanics. It's more about, you know, how do you handle the incredible shitheadedness of the player base but i don't know uh, microtransactions in general frankly are just pissing me off um i i mean again modern stuff i usually don't and i'm not into pc stuff but yeah just generally i'm not down with the microtransactions like no like i'm not i would actually if i found out like because i don't Usually, unless it's a game that I have eagerly anticipated, like yeah. AEW's like Fight Forever. Yeah. Uh, other than that, it's like if it's a game that I don't, I don't, I put research into buying it. Yeah. I say research, not like in depth, but I will like read some reviews. I'll hear what people are saying about it before I contemplate buying a game. Which again, these days is just like the Switch. But it's like if if I were to hear like I want to know. If they're pulling the month, the microtransaction stuff, and if they are, it's like, ah, uh, no, it's a hard no for me, dog. Like, yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. 
I mean, when Fight Forever comes out, I'm going to buy it. Um, and if I hate it day one, then I'll have the refund option because I'm going through Steam. But, uh-oh, hang on. I had to mute for a sneeze, sorry. Um, okay. I just, it, it's the style of play that I always wanted and the, the opportunity to get that again with, you know, people I want to do that with. Great. I'm all about that. And the only thing that I think, like, the promotional material is apparently done. Reportedly, the promotional material is done. They're just waiting for the company to say, okay, run the promotional material. And it's like, damn it, give us the game. What are we waiting for? At this point, I have to think, it realistically, I think that they're just waiting for and that I mean in June they're they're doing the the AEW collision show that's going to start yeah uh, so maybe they're waiting for that or they're waiting for like the big all in show at Wembley Stadium which shout out to AEW like they sold thirty six thousand tickets in pre sale which would already already that's like the, that's the biggest uh, show that they've ever had like thirty six thousand the biggest show in in the UK like and this is just pre sales. Uh, I think WWE did bigger for something. In terms of gate overall, like they did, they just did Clash of the Castle, and that was like eight million or so. Okay. But AEW is like halfway there with uh, with one pre-sale. There's at least two more, and then the general on Friday. So it has potential to be either as good or close to it. Summer it, it, SummerSlam '92 did supposedly 80 but wiki says that's disputed so <laughs> but they're they're in they, they only need like another 5000 and they will outdo the the strongest WCW draw yeah the Georgia dome yeah but yeah i'm i'm looking forward to fight forever i think the biggest regret i'm going to have for it is there's not going to be a delete character option so that I can't get rid of CM Punk out of my game, but, you know, whatever. It looks like they did 62 at um, Clash at the Castle. Okay. Which they'll probably never do again because they jobbed Drew, and I think he's, like, leaving, isn't he? There's rumors. that there's there, Well, there are many people that are, like, because his deal is up by the, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Not not now, because some people are like, oh, maybe he can be at uh, AEW's All In. It's like, well, no, his no, unless they were to let him out of his deal, which they have no reason to. No, and I don't, I don't think he's a great AEW fit, honestly. He's a guy that they realistically should have. They, I know they put the title on him. They should have the title on him for like a while, like belt him up with that one of those titles and have him be like the the face of your promotion at least you ran mm-hmm. for like a year and have him be like the the, the guy because i think he's he's got the look the size he can talk like he's he he's good enough wrestler like he he could be that person but he's a handsome dude with a great look he's you know he's a good talker he's good with the mic but they botched they, him so hard. They did. They put they the did. title on him in what was a very definitive win for him. What? And then they got cold feet and backed off. 
Well, then the problem too is though they never, he never got like, he never got a build up to that big win. Like they just kind of shoved it in there, and like I think the fans were excited because they thought it was gonna get rid of Brock, mm-hmm. but like they didn't take to him like they should have. Well, it was also the COVID era, so there was no idea about what um you, we didn't really know how over he really was and and i feel like he he suffered from like the fans being cynical where it's like yeah they have the belt on him but they're not really behind him and as soon as he loses the belt he's just going to get shuffled off to like upper mid card mid card hell and um well that kind of was true but yep and he couldn't get away from orton either that was like like in that era and it's still true is like if you're if you're just sticking someone with orton over and over again it's not going to get over because like people don't care about orton like that anymore yeah it's not it was not a it felt like a sabotage run yeah it did well and i mean they've done enough of those now that you know a sabotage run when you see one yeah yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, was there anything else for gaming in the in the decade that uh, I thought of one were... and I forgot it. Um, I would say GTA really hit its stride in the 2000s. That's true. That that is a good point. Uh, what what would would San Andreas be the best of the 2000s ones? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Or would we be talking Vice? I, I, t- I kind of like San Andreas the most, I think, because 4 got a lot of hype, but I thought Nico was kind of a whiny bitch. <laughs> Nico, cousin! Oh, God. Soon we will smell of titties. <laughs> and I like the RPG elements that San Andreas had. Sorry, I stole that joke, but it was... I thought it was too funny. Yes, it was. Not to. <laughs> I don't know. GTA, like, I played some of Vice City, and I'm like, okay, this is fun. But the the problem is I never went back to it because, for me, GTA was eclipsed by Saints Row being more of what I was looking for in GTA than GTA was. Ooh, talk about a series they just sabotaged the shit out of a couple years ago. Two was good. Three was good. Four happened, and that's when I quit paying attention. Well, they they re-released. Was it two they redid? And took out like all the humor and everything people liked, and like spent like a hundred million on it, and it bombed horribly. And like the series is dead, dead. Mm. That's because a shame. you know it's the they did the we need to update this for modern audiences, which means take all the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, my problem with GTA games and like Rockstar games in general is like, I enjoy the worlds, but their, their controls are so jank. Oh they, yeah, they're, and, they're yeah. awful. And they've never gotten better. People always be like, oh no, it's gotten better this time. And you'd be like, nope, these are Rockstar controls. Yeah. Cause I remember in four like using the gun was so unintuitive, I would just run people over to kill them. <laughs> it's like the thing that I the reason I couldn't play Resident Evil 4 is the 
the difficulty in the game was the tank uh, controls. It, yeah, the div, the biggest part of the difficulty in the game was the controls. And I have always had an issue with that. LJN games on the NES were hard, not because of what you were doing was difficult, but because your controller was a suggestion to the character in the screen as opposed to a directive. I feel like I feel like it was good with Resident Evil 2 because it had the tank controls, but I kind of like the awkwardness because it made the zombies like a problem. The thing that I liked what they did in Resident Evil 4 for you not just being able to like rip through groups was if you headshot people then their head would explode and it would be like the tentacly mass. So you had to take them down other ways, which took more shots. Okay, you know what? I'm down with that. But the it's like, here's the difficulty. It's so that you can't just chew through piles of people too easily. You know what? You know what that is? You aim and move your move your target super slow. It's like this is not fun. Even with a Wii controller, it wasn't fun. Because, yeah. you know, my hand would move faster than... Because I did it on... I think a friend had it on Xbox, and then I did it on the Wii, and it was like, this is... This is terrible. I liked how Dying Light kind of handled the zombies, where it's like, they're not hard to take out, but there's a lot of them. And one of them's eventually going to screw you up. So you yeah. just want to kind of avoid them. So, because like, yeah, you can take out a zombie pretty easy, but oh, there's 10 right there. And no, you can't take out 10 easily. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to circumvent that or pick a couple off that I can take out. But yeah, um, I prefer stuff like that. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. So. But yeah, um, I would say. I wouldn't call the 2000s like the golden era for me, but I would say the 2000s was like a really strong era of gaming. Mm-hmm. Even because like um, my wife wanted me to hook up a couple weeks ago. And this is kind of where this episode was born. Oh, out. my God. She wanted Go me to hook up the 360 and um, because she wanted to play mm-hmm. Fable, too. And um, so I hooked it up and we've been playing around and stuff. I'm like, huh, I kind of like that, like this game doesn't expect me to play it for 300 hours or the rest of my life. And I kind of like that there aren't microtransactions. Um, and no, this game has a couple of, you know, DLCs that, you know, just add some stuff for after the game for a couple bucks. Like I kind of like the simplicity of the era and that it's not like there's not this, um, this insane, like need to monetize everything. Like, um, all these companies are trying to do now. So we did leave one out from this era that absolutely needed to be touched on. And I don't know if it got a console release. I think it did, but I can't swear to it. But the fact that Portal came out in this era. Oh, yeah, Portal, and Portal, was, thing, um, Portal started on console because it was in the orange box. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes, we could not go through this whole thing and not mention Portal. Um, I, I would say Portal is the the... <laughs> The best thing to come out of Half-Life. That was like, um, Portal was like the first, like one of those first like word of mouth, like grassroots games, because I don't remember what, because 
Matt might remember, but I don't know. Was was the orange box kind of just like a bunch of like demo like reels for the 360, and then Portal was like tucked away in there with like a bunch of other games that no one could even remember, and then everyone was buying the orange box because Portal was in it. Is that what happened with that? Uh, I don't think that was the case. Like people were buying it, I believe, because like it it was Half Life Two, right? Yeah. And then it happened. It happened to also have Portal and uh, Team Fortress 2. Yeah, before Team Fortress. Team Fortress 2 was free. Yeah. And so that you could – it's like you bought it for Half-Life, but then you had these other two games. And it just so happened these other two games were, like, really fun. Like, Team Fortress was a great, like, multiplayer time killer. And Portal was, like, something different and, and actually, like, fun. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it has Half-Life 2, Episode 2 – um, Team Fortress 2 and Portal. So it was that was a solid collection. Is Team Fortress 2 still active? Yes, it's still there. I don't know how many active players it has, but they, yes. They screwed something up with a patch a couple years ago. I know. Big shocker. Yeah. But um, I still, I whip Portal out. Every maybe five years and do a run through. And Portal 2 is just fantastically funny. It's not funny for a video game. It is just straight up funny. So absolutely worth. If for some reason you've never played it, do it. You can beat it. You can beat Portal in like four hours. You can, but you can also take your time and have a lot of fun. too. Yeah, it's not. It's like, what, eight stages? Something like that. Yeah, I don't remember how long two is. Two is longer, um, but you're going to, ever how long it takes you, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to have fun watching it. Yeah. Or it, playing it. And um, this is just a recommendation. It's not, well, no, it might have come out in the 2000s. Um, the Stanley Parable is a fun little short one. I've never played that one. You're kind of like trying to escape this office and you can kind of screw around to get a bunch of endings. And like, there's a narrator that's kind of funny. Okay. Because like one of those things like, well, he walked down the hallway, he goes somewhere else. He's like, well, he, okay, well, he does this, you know, you can. Not do that? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that'll about cap us for this one. Yeah. I do want to say to everybody, hey, even if you just got on board here, five years, thank you for being with us. We've had a lot of fun getting here, and uh, we don't have any plans on on putting brakes on the train. So no, we we uh, have we have our next we have a wrestling project we're working on. We want to get more into. Um, it's just been difficult. Like there there's been a lot going on the last I'd say six months for us, but we want to do more like reviewing movies, like reviewing some comics, and um, just some branching games. out a little more. Yeah, and um, I think. I think the way it's going for all of us is like we'll probably mention new wrestling from time to time, but I don't think we're ever going to go like hardcore into reviewing new stuff just because I don't think I don't think like we've super enjoyed much lately other than like AEW. It, it it's we're in a place where we kind of need a break because it has been the last I don't know year, year nine been, months or so has been really toxic. 
it's been so jacked up and it has it's been affecting my enjoyment quite a bit yeah Uh, well i suppose i should rephrase the last couple of months have really been affecting my enjoyment so yeah it's it's really bad and i just i'm tired of it because it's just like i i know my frustrations towards fed fans have come out on here a lot but it's really like i don't i don't care what you watch just don't be like a jerk about it yeah just there's so many it used to be that wrestling was chocolate and vanilla ice cream and now there's so many other flavors that if you don't like that flavor you don't have to eat it Mm-hmm. My problem is that I I don't want people putting shit in my chocolate. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, cuz even Melter, uh, even Melter's gotten weird like the last couple it's months. It's been weird. It's been weird. I think it's so, I think the I think the online shit's kind of gotten to him. It may have. It's not been it's not seemed to be very consistent, but it may have gotten to him. So well, he has this kind of weird, like unspoken war going on with Dax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right, everybody, thank you for being with us. Um, we'd love to hear from you on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, mainly, uh, mainly more Twitter even, but, If you have requests, send them our way. We would love to hear from you. And so, half a decade, and it's still Shad here with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners, you're in the fourth, and we'll catch you next time.